I'm just going to share a message with you this evening and share some things from, from our trip. Um, you know, I believe the message my husband preached to you last week on hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit uh, is more critical than it was 10 years ago when I started traveling. When I started traveling, I had never been anywhere except with Pastor Bill. And so when I went to Mexico with my sister, Chris, uh, 10 years ago, that was a new venture. And, uh, you know, bless Chris's heart, she is a little claustrophobic in airplanes. So our first trip, she took a, a double dose of Dramamine. And so when we finally got off the airplane in uh, Veracruz, she looked like someone who'd been drinking for days <laughs> and stumbling all over the airport. She couldn't find our luggage. I was trying to help her, help me, help the luggage, help the people. And we go out to be picked up for our first speaking opportunity in a foreign country, and Chris is like, you know. And then she kind of came alive, some of you who know her, and I don't know whether it was fear, excitement, or what, but she talked nonstop for two hours to people who couldn't understand <laughs> one word, she said, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, so it was a new adventure for me, because if you've ever traveled with Pastor Bill, he doesn't hardly talk at all. And so, uh, you know, I had to trust God that first time, and, and I have to tell you, there was some intimidation in those airports, you know, the airports in foreign countries are not like the airports that we're in here in America. They're not as friendly, uh, you know, or accepting. Now I know we've had some changes in our airports. and, and uh, But, you know, guns in a foreign country, people who cannot speak to you, things that you don't understand can become very intimidating. And so when we travel, uh, I think we get an opportunity to really know what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit. Not just our understanding, because in most places, we don't have anybody that can understand what we're saying anyway. And we don't understand necessarily what they're saying. So we have to be more aware of our environment by the Spirit. Everybody say, by the Spirit. And, and I would just say that in the United States, I think it's going to be just as critical for us in the nation we live in as any nation around the world. Because the enemy is threatening in all nations. The enemy is the one who we fight against. The enemy is the one that we stand against. It's the word of God that overcomes powers and principalities. And the power of the Holy Spirit is a spiritual power. It isn't a flesh power. And so we have to be aware that what's on the inside of us is what we must depend on to live the life God's called us to live, especially in the day we're living in. And, and today's message or tonight's message is living inside out. Everybody say living inside out. <laughs> uh, you know, we can know the power of the Holy Spirit is in us. We, we hear the messages. You know, it's time to be led by the Spirit of God. But we must start someplace. It's very much like what Corey just spoke to us in our giving and exercising or anything else that we do. God starts with small beginnings. Small beginnings. Everybody say small beginnings. You know, I hear people oftentimes say, well, you know, I'm... I am called to preach to multitudes, and I'm waiting on God. Everybody say waiting. I'm waiting on God to put me in that position. Well, you know, they haven't even talked to their neighbor yet. And God is a God whose principles remain the same no matter who we are. No matter how gifted we are, no matter what giftings we have that they they. Uh, just need desperately wherever we are, God begins in small 
places. Why does he do that? So that we become more accustomed to being led by what's inside us than what we think in our head. And we may not realize it, but we are trained from childhood by rules of people speaking to us and us obeying what people say. And, and we're hopefully, as we grow up, more and more aware that there's something on the inside of us that begins to direct us. And when we receive Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in us to direct us. But if we're not really aware of the truth of that, then we will just continue to live our lives the way we've always lived them, even as a believer. And every now and again, we get so desperate that we do ask God. But on a regular basis, a daily basis, we're not thinking about living inside out. We're just thinking about living based on the circumstances and situations that we face each day. And if you turn to Colossians uh, chapter 3, when we started this trip, uh, we were with a lady from Tulsa and um, a lady actually whose husband was the director of Victory Bible Institute when Pastor Bill went to VBI. He was very instrumental in Pastor Bill getting... uh, back in Victory Bible Institute at a very critical time when God had told him, you must go back now to stay on my timetable. And that was directed to Bill by the Spirit. I heard the same thing. Bill was in the shower. He heard, you must go back to VBI now to stay on my timetable. I was laying in bed, and I heard, he has to go back to VBI now in order to fulfill my will. We heard it at the same time. He was in the shower. I was in the bedroom. But we both heard it. He came out of the shower Ashen face saying, I have to go back now. I was very grateful. Deliverance from McDonald's was a whole lot better. If you know that story, that's where he went when he escaped and uh, from VBI and felt like he had to get a job and earn more money. And, and that was just a horrible time for us uh, in our family. It was a very hard time. And he did that for two months. And thank God, God spoke to us by his spirit. And we ended up going back to VBI. Ron Stafford, Jill's husband, um, was the one who said to him, Bill, what Jesus has to be more real to you than anything in this earth, even your wife. And Bill sat and looked at him in that office and said, you know, I can't say that he is. And he left BBI, went to work at McDonald's, and began to just go his way. And one day he was at home by himself, and the song, uh, Kenneth Copeland was actually singing on a 33 and a third record, and he was singing, I am Jehovah. He is Jehovah, Lord God Almighty. And he said the power of God came into that room, and he just fell to the floor and wept and wept and wept. The Spirit of God got a hold of his life, and he ended up back in BBI, right on God's timetable. And that's why we're here today, because we had to learn to live inside out. Not outside in, not we don't have enough money, so we have to go work at McDonald's, we don't have this. You know, all those situations and circumstances of this world will intensify the more you determine to follow God. And so when we started out with Jill on this trip, um, her husband had asked her to take DVDs to Mexico in a box. She had them in a box and uh, said, I want you to take these DVDs for two Bible schools that are down there at the base in Mexico, they're VBIs out of Tulsa, and they're IVBIs. Some of you have heard us talk about International Victory Bible Institute. Her husband is over all of that, so we're carrying these, these DVDs. And uh, she said, I hope that we don't encounter any problems. Well, you know, that was just the Lord warning us that we were going to have 
opportunities with those DVDs. We were trying to carry the Word of God. Everybody say the Word of God. Which doesn't seem like a big deal on DVDs. But God knows what His Word can do. See, I believe in the body of Christ, we have to get a much bigger revelation of what's going on here in the kingdom of God. And it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above which where Christ is, sit, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind, everybody say your mind, your mind. on things above, not on things on the earth. And then it says, for you died. Turn to somebody and say, you are dead. (laughs) You are dead in the realm of the authority of the earth over your life. Now, listen, the church doesn't have a full revelation of this because if we did, we would tithe. We would do the things God tells us to do because we would recognize what that means. The word of God is given to us so that we can become alive and quickened in our spirit to what the truth is that God has accomplished through Jesus Christ. We took communion, and I know we all take it, and I'm just in the same place as everybody else, but when I travel and I get in places where I have to have the Spirit of God and I have to see God be God, that's when I realize I don't make God near big enough every week. I don't make God near big enough every day in my life. And so it says you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is Galatians 2:20, which says, "It is no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me, and the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me." And I say that, and I know that I'm supposed to reflect Jesus, and I know that he's being made more in me and I'm decreasing and he's increasing. But when when you see God, uh, begin to say to you in your life, you are an ambassador for me. And you go in foreign countries and you see that the, the authority that somebody has in a foreign nation because they are an ambassador, then you begin to have a little bit different picture of who you are today when you go to the grocery store. And I believe if we don't practice it in these small places, we're not going to be able to be firm in the places where we're going to encounter things that are going to come against us. And we're going to know in our heart what to do, but we're going to be intimidated by it because we've never exercised our authority in the small places. And so it says in Colossians 1, 26 and 27, it's just another part of Paul sharing, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world. No, that's 1 Corinthians. It's Colossians 1. I'm sorry, Colossians 1. It says, it it talks about how it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Uh, Let me, I'm right here. It says, uh, let's look at verse 24. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I am a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The mystery, everybody say mystery. mystery. The mystery. The mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. Well, what have we, what have we had revealed to us? <laughs> We've had revealed to us salvation. Everybody say salvation. salvation. Now, I believe we all thank God we're saved and we're going to heaven. 
But with salvation, the Bible says, when you understand the word salvation, it includes prosperity, wholeness, everything that pertains to our well-being. In other words, when you say, I'm saved, that's not just a free ticket to heaven. Thank God for that. But it is abundance for every good work in this life. It is living above and not beneath. It is walking in the power and the anointing that God has upon his word that lives on the inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it sets us in a position of great authority. Everybody say great authority. But we have to live inside out. But see, to Paul, Paul understood the mystery. See, when Paul got saved, and you can read it in Galatians, it says he did not go down to Jerusalem where all the, all the church people were, Peter and all the rest of them. He didn't go there. But that group believed that the word of God was for the Jews. What was Paul called to do? He was called to preach to the Gentiles. And it says Paul didn't confer with flesh and blood. What did he learn to do? He learned to live from the inside out. He didn't first learn the law. He learned from the inside. It says he went away for three years and he spent time with God. And so the revelation for Paul's life, everybody say revelation, or the secrets that God had for his life, he went and heard from God. See, when when we talk to all of you about being led by the Holy Spirit, you have not a prayer of living by the Holy Ghost if you do not know the word of God and you have not spent time in his presence because that's where you learn how to be led by the spirit because the things of this world are foolishness where the kingdom of God is concerned. Paul talks about a mystery. He talks about secrets. He talks about revelation and all those things he talks about are because he lived them. He had opportunity even to stand against Peter at one point over the Jews and the Gentiles. But he knew what he was called to do. He lived from the inside out. And so he talks about this mystery. And the mystery is that when you have a full revelation of what Jesus has done on the inside of you, there is no question that you have the victory. No question. You know, I I sometimes come back from the mission field and I feel like this fireball because I have seen God be so big. Now, I, sometimes we run into some really hairy situations. We ran into a really hairy situation with those DVDs. And you know what God showed me? It, it, wasn't, it wasn't the fact that we were uh, disobeying a rule. It was the fact that we had the word of God. Everybody say the word of God. And God began to say to me, it's a, it's a lot more powerful than you ever thought. Because we encountered, boy, I tell you, we encountered a real uh, customs officer who thought he was God. And, uh, but his whole battle was over the fact that we didn't pay the money to bring the CDs in. And, and we were going to sell them, and we weren't selling them. We were taking them to a Bible school. But, but when he confronted the, especially Jill over those DVDs, he, he held her for an hour. He held her for an hour in customs after we had already been through customs in Mexico City and they had opened the box and they had looked in the box and they had determined that these DVs were all right. They had taken all of our legal paperwork. But when we got into Port Escondido, this man began to question her about these DVDs. He saw the box. He saw it when we got off the airplane. It's my first experience with being intimidated over the word of God. And I was all for Jill being the mouthpiece. And Chris definitely was. I mean, I mean when, they got off, when we got off that plane, they immediately came for us. And they pulled us aside and they let everybody else go. 
And then they started saying all this stuff, and we were trying to understand them. And, uh, and I couldn't figure out what, what is the problem. They've already taken care of this once. And they wanted paperwork, and we said we gave them our paperwork, which should have meant they could do nothing to us. But how many of you know when you're in a foreign country and there's a guy with all the trimmings of an officer uh, speaking to you and you don't have anybody there with you? And uh, he finally said to Chris and I, you two out. And he kept her. And she said, this is what she said, my husband said to me this morning, Jill, why don't you put those in a suitcase? And she said, oh, I don't want to bother with two suitcases. Everybody say, be led by the Holy Spirit. When the whole thing was said and done, she said, we would have never had to pay all that fine if I would have just done what my husband suggested in the morning time, which was put the suitcase, all the DVDs, because they would have just seen the suitcases. But see, the enemy did not want that word coming into that country. Eventually, I met the lady that the word was going to in the meetings. This woman... Got married several years ago. Her and her husband started a church. One night, they, their church started exploding. And I'm, they had miracles. They had all kinds of things going on in this church. And uh, she, she told me the story. And uh, one night, a, a burglar came in their house and killed her husband. He was the pastor. Just shot him. Didn't even go to their church. The devil hates the word of God. This young lady moved back home. They had three small children. She started another church where she is, and she has a church today, and she's kept right on going. She's a woman who's got three children. She's a single mom, and she has a church. And those DVDs went home with her to run that Bible school. I mean, we won. We paid $186, but we still won. Hallelujah. And I don't think it went any further than his pocket. But there was a point... When she knew, and she stood her ground, uh, Jill, the, the, the wife of the IB, IVBI director, I mean, for an hour she stood her ground in there. And then finally she said she felt like the Lord said, just give him the money. And so they gave him the money. I want to tell you, what we have is a lot more valuable than what we think we have. Everybody say the word of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul said it's a mystery. It really is a mystery what we received. He talked about it again in, a, in uh, Ephesians 1. If you'll turn to Ephesians 1, I just want to show you there in Ephesians 1. He talks about the mystery again. And a mystery, in my Bible says, in the New Testament, the word denotes something that people could never know by their own understanding and demands a revelation from God. Demands a revelation from God. In other words, we have to know what God is saying. Uh, I believe we have to know what God is saying about flying. I think we have to know what God is saying about driving. I think we have to know about what God's saying about our time and what we're doing with our time. More critical than we ever have, but we have to learn in the small places because in the big places, the intimidation of the devil is so great that if we don't already know and learn to recognize and walk in that, we become fearful and then we don't know what, what to do. And so uh, if you look at Ephesians, Paul said um, in verse 7, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery. Everybody say mystery. mystery. 
the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. And then he goes on and explains it. Then he goes down in verse 15. It says, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everybody say revelation. Those words, uh, with, uh, mystery, secret, hidden things, all those things are given to us by revelation. Everybody say revelation. See, you don't know you're saved until you receive Christ. How many of you, when people talked about salvation, really understood it? I never understood it. Now, maybe some people do, but the Bible says once we receive Christ, Romans 8, verses 16 and 17 says, then we understand that we're the sons and daughters of God. Why? Because our spirit bears witness with the spirit of God that we are the children of God. We have a revelation that we're saved. Now, you know, when you say to people sometimes, well, you must be saved, they look at you like, well, why do I have, why do I have to be saved? Why? Because without the Spirit of God, you cannot have revelation of God. It's only after you get saved that you really have revelation of God. The Holy Spirit convicts people of their need for God once they receive God. Then they understand there's something different on the inside of them. But if we never learn to live from the inside out, in other words, we still continue to live with our unrenewed mind or our mind just, you know, with what we know to do. If we never learn to live by the Spirit of God, then we're never going to be in a place where we're going to walk in the authority and dominion that God has for us. And, and I believe in the world we live in here in America, we really haven't had to be that on guard or on alert. Everybody say on alert. You know, we haven't had to live that kind of a life. But, but I believe we're, we're going to need to live that kind of life. And that's why God is saying to us, you have to begin to be led by the Spirit. Paul was led by the Spirit. He survived everything the devil threw at him because he was led by the Spirit. You know, in Isaiah 55, where it says that his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. But then it goes on and says that every word of God will not return void. Everybody say, not return void. Do you know where that word comes? That word comes by revelation. I mean, that's how we get it. Because his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. But when we live from the inside out, we begin to live with his thoughts. We begin to live with his ways. Then we can, uh, with assurance, say, but every word that God speaks is going to be returned to us. It's, gonna, it's, it's actually going to bear fruit. It's not going to just be some word that's out there. And oftentimes, I think with the word of God, we use it, but we're not using it out of our spirit. We're using it out of our head. And then we don't see what we think we ought to see. And then because we don't see it, then we become disappointed and we quit. Our spirit man in tune with the spirit of God can bring a power into the earth. I think like the world uh, has never seen, but I believe they're going to see. I believe God has filled his church with his word. And I want to read that. Can you, do you have Isaiah up there, 55? Um, if, if you can put 55, 8 and 9, I, I want to read that. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are, my, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. See, we're talking about being led by the Spirit, living from the inside out. Not, not, uh, I, I hope this will help you know how to live what you're being told to live. Because it, what we're being told to live 
is what's going to come out of the Spirit of God and not out of our knowledge. Not out of our knowledge. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You just stop there a second. It says in 1 Corinthians in chapter 2, I has not seen nor ear heard the things that God has prepared for them. But the Spirit of God reveals them. Everybody say reveals them. See, that's that revelation that I'm talking about. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. The next verse says, but God has revealed them. Everybody say revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Those are those mysteries. Those are those secrets. Those are those things that we don't fully understand or even, I mean, they just pop into our head. How many of you have had things just click into your head and you think, wow, where did that come from? This morning I was praying and God said, I, I, the, the, the scripture that says that, that our spirit bears witness with the spirit of God. And I was reading something that Brother Copeland said. And God said to me, hey, you're in the witness protection program. Everybody say revelation. revelation. You know how in the movies when people testify against the bad guys and then they put them in the witness protection program so that they, you know, they can't kill them or hurt them. They, they hide them. But he said, you don't have to worry. When you testified for Christ, you testified against the devil. But he can't touch you because you're in the witness protection program. Hallelujah. Now, see, that makes me feel really good. And I know God said that. Now, when I get somewhere in the middle of nowhere and somebody says this could happen, I say, but I'm in the witness protection program. Hallelujah. And that isn't something somebody else said. That's what God said to me when I was spending time in his word and he gave me a revelation that you can't find in John chapter 2, nothing about the witness protection program, but in my heart, I am in the witness protection program. Hallelujah. And I am, the enemy cannot touch me. Hallelujah. And every time I testify for Christ, I testify against him. But the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Amen? So my life is hidden in Christ. Now I understand hidden in Christ. That means, and Elizabeth said it, when God looks at you, he sees the blood of Jesus. See, that's like, really? But when you get a revelation that he stands between you and evil, well, that's a revelation. Everybody say revelation. And God wants us to walk in that revelation. So when we understand these things of God, Brother Copeland says, in the kingdom of God, there's another kind of knowing, one that works its way from the inside out instead of from the outside in. And it's called revelation knowledge. That's what we have, revelation knowledge. And so when when God says his word will not return to him void, but everywhere it goes, it will water and it will bring forth life It'll bring forth everything it's supposed to bring forth. It's the revelation of his word always brings forth what it's supposed to bring forth. Always, always, always. And so when we're in a situation, we can have the understanding of the word of God. We need to have the understanding of the word of God. In Mark chapter 4, you know, the sower sows the seed. When Paul was, or when Mark was talking about that, he said, and he said to them, to you it has been given to know the, the what? The mystery of the kingdom of God, 
But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. In other words, they're going to come in a way that nobody will understand. But to you, turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. All things are given. All things are given for you to understand. You know, um, when we were in Mexico, and I just, uh, this, this happened, two things happened that were just amazing. One lady came up to me afterward and said, when you shared, I was getting ready to quit my position as a pastor. But I know God spoke to me that I'm not supposed to stop. Now, you have no idea when you're preaching or speaking that that's happening in people's lives. But and another girl, I was, I was preaching the whole time, and she happened to be with the lady whose husband was killed. And, and all of a sudden, it was like God just said, go put your arms around her and hug her. And she looked like she'd like to eat me for lunch. But, but when you have revelation, everybody say revelation. revelation. You recognize that as a spirit. And that spirit hated me because I was speaking the word of God. But once again, I'm in the witness protection program. Didn't know it that day, but I know now. And so I went over and I just, she was standing and I just put my arms around her and began to hug her. And she just came completely undone. No words were ever spoken. Nothing was ever said. I just held her and I, I began to pray over her. And I'm telling you, when, when, I, when I let go of her, she looked like a totally different person. Totally. Totally. I didn't give her any word of knowledge. I didn't speak anything. Now, God gave revelation gifts. There's three of them. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. And so, you know, that once you've practiced walking in that kind of a inside-out living then those gifts of the Spirit begin to operate on the inside of you, and you're able to do things for people that you would never be able to do in your own strength or your own ability. See, God has given us a tool. And, and when it says in Romans chapter 8 that, that we do not walk with a spirit of condemnation because we walk after the Spirit. If, if you're in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. I'm telling you, you have to have revelation of that to get that. That just doesn't happen. But then it begins to say that if you follow after the flesh or you're carnally minded, that's death. But if you follow after the spirit, it's life. And it brings life. When God begins to, to teach us to live from the inside out, we begin to live a life that puts us in a position totally in control of what's our surroundings. They're not in control of us. We are in control of them. And I'll share this last story that happened at the base. It was, it was kind of funny, actually, because they've had some real serious things happen at this base when they started it, and they're right on the Pacific. And um, they were telling us the stories. And my sister, Chris, you know, she is like, her eyes are this big because they were talking about how when um, Ron and Jill came to the base to take care of the base once, when Duane and Sue Kirshner, the people who started it, had to leave, and they said, could you stay for a month? And they said, yes, they came. And the night before they left, they said, now here's a gun. And uh, they said, well, what, what do we need a gun for? And they said, well, for the banditos. Now, you know, they're, they're coming from America. We don't have banditos show up. But they, he said, she said, the banditos, he said, yeah, they tried to kidnap uh, Dwayne last month. And she said, and uh, you're leaving us here for a month. And you're going to the States, and we get a gun. You know, that's, that's the way this is. And they said, yeah, but you'll be all right. 
And she said, she said, she said to Ron, why, what makes that all right? Because, you know, <laughs> where'd the banditos go? Anyway, you know. And so we're sitting having dinner four stories up now in a beautiful building they've built. You know, I mean, it was gorgeous. And, you know, it's night and all the lights. It's just beautiful. And, um, you know, the wind's blowing. And, you know, this is several years after this. But they had to fight for this base. They had to fight for this base. And these banditos had come, and they didn't like Duane. They didn't like what was going on. Really, they just hated the word. And the word was coming into that part of the nation, and they didn't want it. And uh, to make a long story short, they came, and they got him out of his apartment. And uh, Linda, one of the girls who was there with them, heard them. And uh, they, they took him. And uh, now, you know, nobody screamed. Nobody fell apart. Everybody say, living from the inside out. Everybody remained calm. And... Uh, and they took, took him, and they walked him downstairs. They held a gun to his head. And uh, they all started singing. It was Amazing Grace or something. And this, this bandito said, stop, you know, in Spanish, stop singing, stop singing, stop singing. And they just kept singing. They didn't stop singing. They didn't cause a ruckus. They just continued to sing. And they held that gun to him. And finally, they drug him. They took him out to the furthest part, right at the last gate, before they would have gone onto the sand into the into the Pacific, and they just threw him aside and left. Praise God. They came another time while Jill and Ron were there. Now they'd heard that story, see, and she said we had these youth with us, and they had them on the base, and she said all of a sudden they said the banditos are coming, run and get in the kitchen. Well, there's only three buildings at that time. They run in the kitchen, they put the windows up, they all hit the floor, and then they hear the gunfire, all this shooting. Now, they had one, a couple of guards on the base who had guns, and then, the, and, the, and then the banditos had guns. And they didn't know who was shooting who, you know, they're in this place. But nobody did anything, nobody said anything, there wasn't any hysteria or anything. Everybody say, living from the inside out. From the inside out. And the guards, you know, chased off the banditos again. Well, we go downstairs to our room, and my sister Chris is with me. And I go to get in the shower, and I hear, Come fast, come fast, come fast. They're coming on the beach. They're coming on the beach. (laughs) I thought, we are not ready for banditos. (laughs) Chris and I are not ready for this kind of spiritual walk. God, this is not going to happen for us. And uh, I said, what are you talking? She said, there's lights on the beach. There's lights on the beach. There's never been lights on the beach. I've been up every night. (laughs) So I get dressed, and I go out, and there's two guys with flashlights by the riverbed, probably looking for crawdads. I don't know. They weren't even on the beach. But I thought afterward, we're not ready. (laughs) We are not ready for this. But, you know, God began to speak to me. You know, there's... There's a certain amount of um, authority that God wants the church to walk in for what we're being called to do. And when Joyce Meyer used to say, you know, how are you going to take care of anything that the world has out there if you can't even get victory over your dishes in your kitchen? I used to thought that was, think that was funny. But I'm telling you, when you really step into the, the places where the devil is really trying to raise his head, there's, there's a warfare. And we have to live from the inside out, not the outside in. And if we have had no practice, everybody say practice, practice. then we will not be ready. 
for what's going to happen. Now, I'm not saying, you know, banditos are going to come into your house, but I'm telling you the devil waltzes into Christians' houses every day. I mean, he's like a bandito, and he makes threats. And if we are not able to learn at the level we're at to begin to live from the inside out and get the victory over that situation, then when these other things come that are going to be much more critical for us, then we're not going to be able to get the victory in those situations. And God has already paid the price to give us the victory. But we have to know what the Spirit of God is saying on the inside of us. And that does not come uh, just because you're a Christian. It comes from practicing the things that God puts us in. When, my, when I heard my husband had taught on hearing the voice, of, or I think how to be led by the Spirit, and how critical it is today, uh, I just felt this message really ties into that. But it's a practical message of there are people who live this every day. And for us, what the, this alarm that you hear, you know, there was this old song. I was sitting in the park and I heard it. If I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. I'd hammer in the evening all over the land. My son said, who sang that? I, I said, Peter, Paul, Mary, I think. He said, oh, really, mother? But anyway, I said, I cannot help how God speaks to me. I was, I'm that old. <laughs> Forgive me. But I heard that song. But he said, I'd hammer out danger. I'd hammer out warning. I'd hammer out love between my brother and my sister. Oh, over the land. And I believe God is hammering a warning to the body of Christ. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> but he's hammering a warning. He's hammering a warning. I mean, I don't know sometimes what I do. And he's saying to the church, it's time to not just, you know, play church. It, it's becoming serious. And, uh, and I encourage all of you in the situation they're in, we are not going to walk in fear in this church. We are going to walk in faith. And that means we are going to learn to live from the inside out. And we are going to become the kind of people that when a bandito comes to our house, we will be able to take care of him just like that. Amen? Let's stand up together, Father. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.